Very good morning to everyone. Thank you for having me. It's been a privilege. I've been eager to meet with many of you here um, and very thankful that we get to share this morning together. Uh, both Pastor Brett and Cynthia are dear friends and God's treasure to me. And I consider them um, just a gift uh, to my life and something that I will cherish all the days of my life. And I love the community here. I, I have uh, limited time. Otherwise, I would you know, really get to affirm and share all the different people here that have really touched my lives over the last few years. Um, I love our community here. I stalk you every Sunday night, my time. Uh, I either do the first service or second service, depending on my Sunday nights. But uh, thank you so much for letting us be a part of it. And thank you for inspiring me to love Jesus more. Uh, each time I watch the services here, I'm inspired to do more and to give more uh, to what God is doing on the face of this earth. So growing up in Sunday school, I took part in many Christmas performances at grade school. Um, every, every year there was a Christmas presentation. And I remember one year I was Angel Gabriel. Another year, I was a sheep, uh, and I was also a tree. Um, and my most memorable one was I played Joseph. I think we were lacking boys uh, in that particular year, in that grade. And, and uh, my sister was Mary, and I was Joseph. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's the Ong family show. Um, but this morning, I would like to share about Advent from the perspectives of the shepherds. And the message uh, and title is, The Least Shall Be the First. And uh, shall we all stand and read together the announcement of the birth of Jesus? It's recorded in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen, as it had been told them. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for every person and every family here online, on site. I pray you assure yourself so strong to everyone here and all our friends that this message will speak to each heart. We love you, Lord. It is in Jesus' name we ask you this. Amen.
Turning off the main street, they were surprised that the rays from the star was directly over a stable. They found Joseph, Mary, and baby. Prostrate on the ground, Mary knew these simple shepherds sensed the glory of God over the child. The shepherds stayed bowed down before the child. Their earlier complaints were far from their minds. Their dissatisfaction with life no longer in their memory, for they were in the presence of God. They knew it, and they knew needed nothing more. Tears of joy flowed down their rugged cheeks, ever-increasing waves of joy. These men had seen the face of God, and they would never be the same again. Their souls in perfect peace, and why wouldn't they? They were just with Jesus. So many of us here are able to identify with the shepherds before they came to know Jesus Christ and seen him in person. And we find that the things we do mundane at times. And sometimes we wonder if what we do even matter. The feeling of being insignificant is also not unfamiliar to many of us. And the constant comparison with others, the envy, because our flesh in its default mode has a tendency to compare. Comparison by nature is rooted in pride. We are not happy because we have built a building. We're happy because our building is taller than our competitors. I'm not happy that I'm doing well at work, but I'm happy that I'm doing better than my colleagues at work. I'm not happy that my ministry is growing. I'm happy that my ministry is bigger than yours. It does not thrill me that my children are doing good. It thrills me that my children are doing better than your children. So the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It is easier to mourn and to grieve with other people than it is to rejoice. Our natural tendency is not one that can just easily rejoice. And sometimes when we hear good news about others, we are like, what, again? That is so unfair. Why does that always happen to that family? What about my family? I work that much harder. Why does she get the promotion? Why don't I get the promotion? And so it's always important to know who we share good news to. And you know, there are some people that we avoid sharing good news to because of their reactions. And the default mode is this, that bad news will always go viral. But good news stays in your WhatsApp message text. It doesn't travel. And that is, that's a global phenomenon. Pride is the root of the need to prove ourselves. Why is that? And the first is our ego. And the second is the need to be seen as great and vindicated. One of the greatest freedom that you and I can experience is to have nothing to prove. So the question is then, how might we overcome insignificance? And the first is this, is to accept my calling. Not with someone's calling. I will never be able to sing like Tiffany. Not with, and, and we need to settle in our hearts God, what God has called you to do and what God has not called you to do. Jesus said, I will only do what my Father, I see my Father do. So it's important for us to realize what is it we're called to do, what is it we're not called to do. And accepting our calling is both humbling and a privilege and being aware of what we're good at. No one can do everything except Miara. <laughs> so do not... Imitate. She, 
Yeah, she, this woman is amazing. I, whatever she's drinking, I want to drink that as well. So do not imitate another's ability or wish to be someone else. We must stay in our lane and do good and go deep in our lane and flourish in our lanes. If you're called to be a stay-at-home mom, then be the best stay-at-home mom you can be and enjoy being a stay-at-home mom and ask God to help you. Um, in my last few trips, I've had the opportunity to work with one of our sound uh, and technical uh, leaders here. His name is Andrew. And I'm always very blessed by how well and how deep he does his work, the level of competency in the work we do. And so when you do that, they are clapping for you, Andrew. And that if you're called to be a teacher, then be the best teacher there is and learn the latest pedagogy. Don't go always to rely on the old things in the past, but learn what's relevant, learn what's fruitful, and be competent and stay in your lanes and flourish in your lanes and enjoy it and enjoy your lanes and ask God again to help you. So every day I wake up, I have different tasks, different things to accomplish, and I ask God, God, would you help me to enjoy my day, whatever it comes? And Scripture says, this is the day that you have made, and let us all rejoice and be glad in it. And so when we do not accept our calling, then we become envious and we become jealous of another's calling and anointing, and we wish that we were somebody else. The Bible says that anger is cruel, wrath is outrageous, but who can stand before envy? Who can stand before jealousy? And it's a progression that, you know, anger is cruel, and wrath is even worse, but who can stand before jealousy? And therefore, this is a sin that we must understand that it is not from God. Jealousy is not from God. The roots of the original sin is that Satan was jealous of God. So when the enemy can tempt us with envy, with jealousy, he will come like a roaring lion, seeking those he will devour. So don't let the enemy have any pleasure with you in this matter. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. Learn to recognize envy and jealousy in yourself as soon as you can. And fear jealousy as you would fear being trapped in a fire. So run from, from, run from it, resist it with prayer. We must come to terms with what God has called us to do and embrace without murmuring or complaining. Sometimes we tend to have an issue with what God has called others to do. When Jesus told Peter how Peter would die, Peter could only think about John and what would happen to John. So when, Pete, when Jesus said it to Peter, Peter said, Jesus, what about John? How would he die? And Jesus lovingly rebuked Peter. What is that to you, Peter? You must follow me. So instead of asking, what about him? What about her? Our response Jesus, I will follow you. I will obey you and I will leave all the consequences to you. Growing up, I wanted to either be a librarian or a pianist. I'm neither a librarian nor a pianist. <laughs> but I'm very thankful to God. I've never pursued a career. I've always gone with what God has called me to do. And never would I imagine to be doing what I'm doing right now. Everything is orchestrated by God. And all we have to do is to obey Him 
and leave all the consequences to him. What God has called each of us to do is equally important. And I want to share with you that our work is our worship to God. You know, I'm not in full-time ministry, I never was, but I feel like my work is part of my worship and my honor to God. And I feel God's delight whenever I go to work. Uh, there are days when it's difficult, but I do still feel that, God, you're with me. And that's all I need, to know that, God, you're with me, and I'm good. So whether what refers here to being a full-time homemaker in ministry, healthcare, legal sector, education, tech, federal government, and often you hear that, oh, you're too young to do this, or you're too old to do that. There never seemed to be a good time to do anything. <laughs> so the truth is, your age qualifies you. It is because you're 67 that you're qualified to do this. It's because you're 22 that you're qualified to do that. So don't, don't let people tell you whether you are able to do this or we are not. We hear God. We obey God. And that's all we need to do. And we leave all the consequences to God. You know, the Bible says in, about Caleb when he was 85. He says, I'm still as strong as I am today when the day Moses sent me. And at 85... I recently celebrated uh, an uncle's birthday at 98, and he's still working. And we have limited time on earth, and we never know how old we are because we don't know how long we'll live. So if you're 60 and you live to 100, then you're still very young. You have 40 more years to go. So you better be ready. And... If you're 20 and you have another year to live, then you're quite old. So let's redeem time. And Songs of Solomon says to make every day count. If you want to have a good year, you need to have 12 good months. If you want to have a good month, you need about 30 good days. If you want to have a good day, then you need to spend your 24 hours well. I preach, I'm preaching to myself today. I... <laughs> I don't always have uh, uh, spend my time very wisely. I, 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 I'm in severe uh, need for sleep, um, but um, God will help me. So the second point to how we might overcome insignificance is this. In, in, um, it is to know that God chose our inheritance for us. Psalms 47, 4 says that he chose the time and place of our birth our parents, and our circumstances. We have no control over our birth. We did not choose our parents, God did. We did not choose the time and place of our birth, God did. So Psalms 139 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So this means that our brains were formed by him. This also means that our intelligence was determined by him, our IQ. So don't feel bad. You know, I tell myself, if my IQ is not high, that's not my fault. It is God. <laughs> He's formed me. And so why be jealous of the person who is cleverer than I, when it is God who gave them their superior brains? But wisdom is different. Wisdom is to live life skillfully. 
Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is deep understanding. And Proverbs instruct us to search out wisdom, to pursue wisdom, and to embrace wisdom. So growing up, school was very hard for me. I've always been a slow learner. Uh, grade one, I would get a report card. It would be, Rachel's a nice girl, but slow. Grade three, Rachel's a nice girl, but slow. Grade five, Rachel's a nice girl, but still slow. And we agree that Rachel is very slow. So by sheer miracle of God, I got into high school to the great surprise of my family members. And, um, and eventually, when I went to college, everyone was shocked, you know. There is God, you know, and God is alive. And, um, but at youth group in high school, I remember this teacher. And she said to us that if you want to do well in school, you need to memorize scriptures. So I thought, okay, I need that. I've done everything that I could. So I started to memorize scriptures, and I still do today at my old age. And, uh, and I've seen how that has helped me. And in Psalms, it says, at Psalms 119, that you will be wiser than your teachers, and that you will have knowledge beyond you. And Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And the promise goes, He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Whatever he does will prosper. And King Hezekiah, it was said of him that as long as King Hezekiah sought the Lord, the Lord caused him to prosper. And that is our hope. And, um, and that how might we overcome insignificance? The third point is this, every good thing I have is from heaven. And we need to recognize that every good thing that you have, the fact that we are alive today is God's food for us to be alive, to see, to hear, to be able to be present. And the disciples of John the Baptist came to John. They were very upset about Jesus and Jesus' disciples. And so John the Baptist, the disciples said, Hey, John, guess what? Jesus is also baptizing people now. The Jesus that you baptize is now drawing crowds, gaining more disciples, and people are going to him. So do something, John. So John's perfect response in the face of comparison and envy is this. He said, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. John 3. Every good thing I have is from God. Therefore, let my joy be full. He must increase, I must decrease. And this must be our life prayer, that he must increase. I must decrease. And what a perfect response for us to know that everything we have, when people tend to compare or envious, this must be our response like John, that let my joy be full. He must increase and I must decrease. And count it all joy and dying to our flesh. The Bible says that no good thing will he withhold to those who walk uprightly. So with our calling, he opens and closes doors. Either way, it's in our own interest. I've lived long enough to value the closed door as much as the open door. Some closed doors are for our protection and it's to save you. I've watched him work best when I do not raise a finger to do or to make things happen. 
And all we do again is to obey Him and leave all the consequences to Him. Remember, God chooses our inheritance. He chose your calling and bestows the anointing and the buck stops with Him. And that is the freedom that we have, that it stops with God. And be thankful for what He gives and does not give you. By God's grace, He didn't give me a lot of things that I wanted in my life. I am so thankful that He did not. And I'm so thankful that today I get to serve Him and I get to love Him. And so back to our friends, the shepherds. The least shall be the first. Though regarded as the least in society, they were the first people God shared the birth of Jesus with. And what an honor that is. That while we walk with God, like it was said about Enoch, all he did was walk with God and he was no more. And that God counted him as a man of great faith and pleased him because he walked with God. And so may we go about our daily mundane stuff, faithful at work, being competent at work, going the extra mile at work and at home. And may God show you what he can do for you just as he has done for the shepherds. And my hope for you this Christmas is that you will walk in complete freedom, freedom from comparison, fully content with God and God alone. And the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. May you experience great gain, being godly, being content with all that you have. So I want to wish you well. It's been an honor to be able to share with you this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you uh, all the days of your life. And Merry Christmas and much blessings, peace, and joy to you and your family. Shall we close in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for this time, Lord. God, help us to always obey you and help us in times where we feel insignificant that what we do don't matter very much help us Lord to remember the shepherds and how of all people group in the face of this earth you appeared to shepherds and God you're so different and God you're always 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 good and we thank you for that God, help us to love you more. Help us to honor you this Christmas by enjoying your presence, by thanking you for all that you have given us. You've given us everything that we need for our present and future happiness. So Lord, I pray you bless this church, this community, and everyone represented in this place from the youngest to the oldest, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you meet all the desires of their hearts this Christmas. In Jesus' name we ask you this. Amen.